you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Move the Sticks is back. DJ, Bucky, both in studio. It's been a minute here, Bucks. Both <laughs> been together in studio. You've been in here. I've been hiding. It's summertime. I mean, it's summertime. Like, that's what you're supposed to do after a long – I mean, it's been a, it was a long ride, obviously, yeah. during the fall and then going all the way through the draft process. It was a long time, so we kicked our feet up. But now with training camp is set to start. I just heard on the radio coming in. I guess the New Orleans Saints – they kick off training camp tomorrow, so we're we're in the mix. We're That's back insane, in the building, man. I'll tell you what. This how you how you know the question. How bored did you get in the off season? I know you were running around doing all this elite eleven stuff and doing all the opening and all the high yeah. school stuff, which I, I'm fascinated by. I, I bug you about that stuff all the time. I got so bored, Bucky, that the Padres are in last place. They're terrible. I I paid the like <laughs> 179 bucks for the MLB package so I could watch the Padres every night. That's how that was my level of boredom. Wow. That's that's a lot. It's a lot of bad baseball I paid for. A lot right of there. lot of bad baseball that you certainly paid for. But I did have an opportunity, like you talk about baseball. Um, I love baseball. I love baseball in all forms. Obviously, from little league all the way up. I got a chance watching the College World Series. Oh, nice! This is really kind of cool. Watching. Did you go in person? I did not. Okay. I wanted to. Have you ever? Done, that's a bucket list type. Yeah, thing. it is a bucket list yeah. type. Thing, going to Omaha and kind of seeing it. But I did get a chance to meet a parent of one of the players for the College of Charleston that ended up winning, which is crazy. no, it was a uh, coastal. I think it was coastal, coastal Carolina. Carolina. Coastal yeah, Carolina yeah. that yeah. ended up winning. Yeah, coastal Carolina. Crazy. Won the whole thing, man. One of the one it's of the, the crazy like one of the big Cinderella stories in, in college sports. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. To right. watch, to watch the Chanticleers. Sunbelt, baby. Yeah. Former Get him, Sunbelt. Yeah. How about that? Josh Norman has to be all excited. Uh, yeah, all pumped that. up. The Chanticleers. Yeah. I want to say the Chanticleers. Yeah. Chanticleers. Mike, yep. Mike Hobart. It, so it's crazy watching that and watching watching baseball play out. And baseball, to me, is the only sport where it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season. All you're trying to do is get in the tournament because the team that gets hot is ultimately get a couple arms. Couple arms, yeah. So maybe your Padres can get hot. No, I'll tell you what. We've been trading some folks. We've got some good young prospects. 2018, Buck. It's all, it's all headed towards in a couple years. Nobody wants to see us in, in, a, in a couple years. Just telling you, Padres tw- twenty eighteen. You don't you don't want to see it. Um, on today's show, Buck, it's good to be back. Kind of just getting uh, reacquainted here. I thought a couple things we could do. One of the things we're doing on on Total Access today um, is uh, top five defensive players in the league. 
So I had to put my little top five list together. Lamar Woodley's on there. Um, uh, put his top five together. But I want to get your top five as well. And then I want to kind of go through these divisions. And there's been a lot of hype on some of these teams. So I'm going to go through each division, kind of give you that uh, that all-hype team. Uh-huh, the hype bunnies. And see if we're buying or we're selling that hype. Yeah. All right. We've and heard first, a lot. First of all, though, the the one thing I was most excited about coming back here, two great benefits working at NFL Network is, number one, they do your laundry, like your, your dry cleaning. <laughs> it's fantastic. You bring all, you just drop your clothes off, and they come back, and they're hanging up in your locker. <laughs> number two is the haircut. I haven't had a haircut like all summer, Bucky. I'm dying so, here. So, so you got you got you got a haircut. I got to get a haircut. So I got that's my uh, my agenda today. <laughs> do those things. But let's go. Uh, let's go. Top five defensive players in the league. I'll rattle off mine. Mm-hmm. You tell me who I'm missing, then give me your top five and see okay. if they're similar. All right. I'm gonna go number one. I had JJ Watt. All right. He's the most dominant, disruptive player uh, in the league on the defensive side of the ball. Number two, I went uh, Aaron Donald. All I right. like what he can do from the inside. Got it. How he can get after you. Number three, I went Vaughn Miller. All right. Just got paid handsomely. Uh, four, your guy, Khalil Mack. Oh, okay. I got him at number four. And then, so you kind of see what I – up. my top four guys all get after the quarterback. Right. So I don't have any corners in there. And at five, I toyed around with Patrick Peterson was in the mix for me. But I ended up going with just a personal favorite, Earl Thomas. Ooh. At number five. Okay. So no Keekley. Um, no Patrick Peterson, Richard Sherman, that whole crew. A lot of good players Man. still out there, but that's who I had in my in my top five. That's funny. I think this will end up spawning a different conversation or kind of a supplementary. Did you go all back in, guys? No, I went I went um kind of with you. I had JJ Watt at one, Von Miller was two, Aaron Donald was three. So we just had those yeah. guys top switch. three. We agree those are the top three players. Those are the top three players. Then my four was Luke Keekley, okay. the Carolina Panthers. And then five for me, I had to have at least uh, a cover corner. I put Richard Sherman in. Oh, okay. At five, um, Khalil Mack. I certainly I had him already. Uh, I had an asterisk by his name in terms of the next, like the next set. He is so versatile. He is dominant at a couple different spots. I think you'll see his dominance grow as he's surrounded by better players. Mm-hmm. And I think this year is a year where we'll see. the The only thing that I will say is he had 15 sacks last year. Ten of those sacks occurred in a four-game span. Mm-hmm. We had five. Flurries, against, those flurries. He had five, five in one Den- game. against yeah. the Denver Broncos, and then he knocked out a couple other teams. Um, the the thing that coincided with his ability to dominate and get after the quarterback, Mario Edwards Jr. Mm-hmm. also dominated during that time. So That's now, one of our favorites on the show. When you get, a, when you get a, a full season with Mario Edwards Jr., you get a sidekick with Bruce Irvin, and then you have Alden Smith who comes back after week 10. You'll see Khalil Mack have a greater impact because he should get more one-on-one opportunities, which should help him. I had an interesting talk with Woodley yesterday in our meeting because we were talking about Khalil Mack, and I said, you know, one of the knocks, and we've talked about it before. If you're trying to find a criticism of Khalil Mack, it's hard, but one of them is okay. A lot of time spent on the left side, rushing against right tackles. Typically, not as athletic, not your premier pass protectors. You put those on the left side. Woodley played on the left side. So he had Harrison rushing from the right, and Woodley from the left. So I said, how did that? You know, how do you like that? take that criticism when they said about you. Harrison's rushing against left tackles. You're going against right tackles. He said I, he, he thought it was underrated on the left side because you're on the front side of the quarterback. So he was saying there's a lot of times I, I, I beat my man. I get home, but he can see me. He can, so he can get away. He can climb up. He can get away from me. He's looking at me. That's, that's a good criticism. So it was an interesting way to look at the other side of that argument. Now we look back to the Super Bowl. Von Miller, his sacks came from that left, even though Cam is in his Absolutely. vision. Von, Von Miller didn't give him enough time to. No, but that, but that is, 
the trick is funny. When I was in Carolina under John Fox, it's the thing that John Fox has done for years. Take his best pass rusher and put him at left defensive end. He did it in New York when he had Michael Strahan. If you look at Michael Strahan, the majority of his work always happened when he was at left defensive end working against right tackles. When he gets to Carolina, his first pick is Julius Peppers. Mm-hmm. Julius Peppers is taken. They play some right at left defensive end. He goes to Denver. Yeah. Same thing with Von Miller. Von Miller was playing Sam linebacker for him, but then in pass rush situations, he would play left defensive end. And so, to me, what is changing is not only the philosophy of what you're doing on defense, but on offense. That right tackle that we used to say is, oh, this guy be a right tackle. You need to make sure that that right tackle has the same athleticism that your left tackle has because he's now facing a better level of talent coming at him. And if he's not prepared, people are going to exploit that weakness. Also, we look at J.J. Watt, a lot of his sacks come on that side. No question. And why not? Why not put him over there? And I almost think in terms of the quarterback being able to see it, it makes sense. On the backside, you think, oh, it's great. You get those strip sacks. They can't see you coming. You get the ball out when you get home. Also, the open side, a lot of times uh, offensive teams are right-handed. Yeah, the tight end is always working on that. So you have open sides when you're the right defensive end. You're facing the left tackle. He's rarely covered up with the tight end. Yeah. I mean, there's a yin and yang to both of it, but it's one of the trends that we are seeing. That left defensive end is a guy that is now not only a run stopper, but he has the ability to get up, uh, get to the quarterback. Yeah, the uh – the right tackles, I remember and when working for the Ravens at the time, we had Jonathan Ogden at left tackle, and we had Orlando Brown at right tackle. And it was like, okay, well, the one thing we knew, J.O. could just be on an island by himself, just leave him alone. But, I mean, God put tight ends and backs on this earth for a reason, and that's to help right tackles. Yes. Uh, please, don't leave those dudes alone, man. No, it's funny, but I, I was impacted playing in Jacksonville under Tom Coughlin. We had the luxury of having Tony Baselli at left tackle, but then we had Leon Searcy who yeah. could play right tackle. Stud. So, um what I'm learning, what I lean to, if we talk about building a team, I'm going to make sure that both of my tackles are legitimate premier guys because when you have two legitimate guys, it really frees you up to do a lot of different things in terms of letting five receivers get out into the route. All right, let's jump into these divisions here. It's kind of funny in the offseason. You have the draft. You have free agency. Um, the hype just kind of builds for one team. So let's go through the divisions, try to identify who that hype team is in the offseason and say whether or not we're buying into it. Let's go NFC East. Um, man, Cowboys, I would say not really the hype team. I know Rome was coming no. back, but all the guys suspended on defense, no. Um, Giants, yes, I think the Giants are that team. Philly is, you know, they're they're kind of building towards the future here. First-round pick, Carson Wentz going to sit. Washington, I don't know, Washington won it last year. Something yeah, but that makes people, it the it's funny because people aren't really talking about it. I b- absolutely believe it. The Giants, the right? Giants, it has yeah. to be the Giants. The New York Giants are the hype bunny. I think it's actually warranted because when I look at this team, offensively they have all the weapons that you need to have. They have a franchise quarterback in place. They have wide receivers on the outside, obviously Odell Beckham Jr. You don't know what you're going to get from Victor Cruz, but the guy who's really been the hype bunny of the offseason has been Sterling, Sterling Shepard. Shepard. That's all anybody's so talking about. So if Sterling Shepard lives up to what – the reports have been from his performance in the offseason. Offensively, they certainly have enough to get it done. But then defensively is where the hype centers from because they expended a lot of money to help Steve Spagnuolo have the resources to get after the Olivier quarterback. Vernon. Olivier Vernon. Uh, Snacks Harrison up front. Uh, you think about what they were able to do. Janoris Jenkins coming in, drafting Eli Apple. Mm-hmm. This is the team that all the hype is around them. I think it's warranted because I, I believe this is going to be a really, really good team. When I look at the division, I believe the Dallas Cowboys come back to the pack because even though they get Ezekiel Elliott, they lost all the pass rushes to yeah. suspension or letting Greg Hardy go. I think the Giants are in a position to win the division. They have to surpass the Washington Redskins, but I think they should be there at the end. I like Washington. We'll get it. We'll have plenty of time to do our predictions once we get to the preseason and all that. I'll just give you two, two uh, names that scare me to death. 
John Jerry at right guard, Marshall Newhouse at right tackle. <laughs> That'd make me sleep well at night. Ball comes I'm out. Not, I'm not. I'm not buying. I'm not already, quite buying all the Giants. I understand. Right I understand that those are, are are valid concerns. But the ball comes out quick. If you look at how they operate, they've been operating under Ben McAdoo. It's a lot of quick, really yeah. fast boop, games. Boop, boop, Slants, flats. Ball comes out. Stick routes. Uh, I think he won't see nearly as much pressure because the ball will get there. He, the, he will get the ball out before they can get close to getting All right, NFC North, it's not the Bears, it's not the Lions. The Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a bounce back year, but I think Minnesota is kind of clearly – they won it last year, and I think that's that whole buzz, new new building. Are they going to kind of – Yeah, because the buzz about them run? is not only winning the division, but are they legitimate Super, Super Bowl, Bowl contender? Yeah. I like the way they're built. They have a strong defense, young and athletic. We've talked about – all the young guys they've added in the draft the last three or four years, those guys are kind of nearing their prime. Offensively, you still have Adrian Peterson to build around. Obviously, the X factor to me is Teddy Bridgewater. Can Teddy Bridgewater take the next step to where they can depend on him to be a guy that throws the ball 25 to 30 times and they have success using that recipe? I kind of buy into him because I, I think that defense is up to snuff. Loaded. I mean, they – they can play any style, and really they should have advanced in the playoffs because it was a game where they outplayed the Seattle Seahawks but didn't get it done. I mean, you can make a case there's better defenses in the NFL. I don't know you can make a case there's a more balanced defense. All three levels, impact guys. They've really done a great job of acquiring talent. We haven't even really seen their first-rounders come into play in terms of Trey Waynes. Mm-hmm. That's a step up. Mackenzie Alexander was a second-round pick, but he'll have an opportunity to get in there. Harrison Smith is a star. You talked about the front seven being loaded. They have everything to get it done, but can they hold off the Green Bay Packers? Because you know they'll bounce back and have a better season than they had a year ago. Yeah, Treadwell will be interesting to see what he does there as well as a rookie on offense. All right, a- uh, NFC South, the hype team here. I mean, Tampa's going to be better. Uh, second year there with Jameis Winston. The Saints, I don't really see a lot of hype about them. Carolina obviously coming off of the Super Bowl. We can't say they're the hype because they earned it. Atlanta, it seems like they get a little bit of buzz. You know, Atlanta's going to bounce back. They started off 5-0 and last year and kind of – Fell apart. They were aggressive in the off season. I, I guess I'd probably say Atlanta is getting the most hype of these teams. Well, I think they're certainly the team under the scope. They're yep. in the microscope, in the crosshairs. Matt Ryan has to play better. A little disappointing year from him in terms of the number of turnovers. You expect him to – Offensive line was terrible. Yeah, you expect him to play a little better. You also expect Kyle Shanahan to do a better job of kind of crafting that offense. One thing that's interesting, as much as I love Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman needs to play a big role in this. And going into the season last year, Tevin Coleman was slated to be the starter. He actually started the first game and had a pretty good game before he got hurt. That opened the door for Freeman to take over. I believe now they come back to being a two-back system. That should balance out the offense. Mohamed Sanu is the guy that has to step up. They need another player in the passing game to be a, a, a guy that can be a significant contributor. If he is able to step up and do something, then it helps that offense become a little more balanced in the passing game. Yeah, I'm with you. The uh – Pass rush still, man. I, Vic Beasley led them in sacks with four last year. Vic Beasley has to step up. He needs to be more better. enough. He's your number one pick, and the second year is when we typically see guys kind of make that big jump. He has to make a big jump in year two. NFC West, the hype. I mean, look, the Cardinals have earned their reputation. Uh, Seattle earned their reputation. San Francisco, we everybody thinks is going to be terrible. The Rams coming to L.A., that's probably right the hype now. team, right? Right the now, hype they, team. at some point, the Rams have to be better than a 500 club. Yeah. They have to get over the hump. Um, and talking to Todd Gurley, I, I saw him. He was up at the opening for a little bit. He talked about the offense. He actually was 
uh, waxing poetic about Case Keenum and how the offense is different. Really? He's Case in Keenum on Case Keenum, huh? Over Jared Goff. He just said that right now at this stage, uh, Case Keenum is obviously ahead of Jared Goff in terms of being able to hand him a bigger volume in the playbook and also how the defense attacks because when Case Keenum is there, obviously Greg Williams is throwing everything at him. He's able to get the ball out with Jared Goff. There's a, a lot to scared, digest. A yeah. lot to digest. And so – you have to make a decision if you're Jeff Fisher. Are you willing to start Case Keenum and kind of roll into the season having more available to your offense, or do you want to play the young guy, knowing that the young guy is probably going to restrict some of the stuff that you can do, and are you good enough at other places to win in spite of the quarterback as opposed to the quarterback being a main contributor? Yeah, this to me almost, I don't know, it, it feels a little bit like, remember when Pittsburgh had Tommy Maddox and then they drafted yeah. Roethlisberger and Maddox was a guy and we knocked him out. Baltimore was probably the worst thing that we ever did. Because Big Ben jumps in. And so then Big Ben jumps in and it was like, okay, it's a little bit early for him, but we're going to try and work around his, his inexperience and his youth and they made it work. I could see a similar situation where maybe Keenum starts a couple games and then and gets a hook and I think Jared Goff ends up starting the bulk of the games this year and they can work around it. I still think they're going to be a I think they're kind of that 7-8 win team. I just think that's it's where, kind they of are where they are right are. now. Unfortunately for them, they play in a division with really, really good defense. Loaded. And so when you have to deal with the Arizona Cardinals twice, you have to deal with the Seattle Seahawks twice, it's going to be hard for a young quarterback to be able to just kind of take check downs and not make plays and win games. And so unless Ty Gurley is able to be Superman in the backfield where he can be a guy that gets 17, 1,800 rushing yards, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for the Rams to win with a young quarterback despite all the little weapons that they have on the outside, Tavon Austin and others. AFC East, Buck, the hype team. Uh, you got Dolphins, Bills, Pats, Jets. Oh, man. I mean, the Jets, we don't even – with the quarterback situation, I don't know they're getting all that much hype, are they? No, they're not. You know, is it, I, I, is it I, I, the Bills the funny bounce thing, back? I don't know who's getting the hype in this division. The thing about the Jets, I think the hype has to center around the Jets because of the quarterback. I think we've kind of made – Ryan Fitzpatrick a martyr. Uh, like Ryan Fitzpatrick is now evidently a dude that he is a must-have for all Jets fans. And I think we're kind of missing, like, he is what he is. He's a career journeyman. He can get you through some games. But when you put it on him, ultimately he will let you down. And I, look, maybe I'm a little too st- – firmly in the Geno Smith corner when it comes to he and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I really don't see that big of a difference. So if they played Geno, I think Geno would have a better supporting cast than he's had, and I think he would deliver the same results that Ryan Fitzpatrick would deliver. So I know it's been a big deal. It's a big issue. We have to get him signed. But I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is ultimately going to disappoint you if you're starting quarterback. for the I'm trying to find it. I think I can find my Ryan Fitzpatrick report here. Um you know, here here's a question for you. Oh, I found it. I found it. Okay, let me give you the last uh, line of my heart. My uh, Harvard quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Overall, this is a smart, tough competitor who can manage football games. I just question whether or not he is has already capped his talent. He should be a solid backup. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what he is. So I think that's go. what he, and I think they're trying to pay him as such because they realize and recognize what he is. So, anyways, look, he had a good year last year. Everything kind of went their way, but I don't. They're not. They're not budging. They're you know, it's a game of chicken. They're not. They're not. They're not weaving here. Um, all right, let's go to the next division here. We did the NFC. Or we're in the AFC. Let's go to the AFC North. The Buzz team in the AFC North is not the Ravens coming off a bad year. Um, Some talk they think their offense is going to be outstanding. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not buying that. Uh, Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers. I would say still the Steelers, even though you know. Well, I think Martavis the Steelers as, a, as think, a Super Bowl contender. That's yes. been a lot of the conversation. Yeah. Most explosive offense in the league. Le'Veon Bell can come back. Coming back, uh, the receiver core with uh, Antonio Brown, Marcus Wheaton stepping in. Uh, who replaces Martavis Bryant? But there's been a lot of positive buzz about Sammy Coates in the offseason and what he was able to do. 
the big thing for them will really center around their health. If they can keep big men healthy, if they can keep Le'Veon Bell healthy, it is a tough offense to kind of deal with because they're balanced and explosive in all areas. Running game is explosive. Passing game is dynamic. When Antonio Brown leading the way, if they can just kind of continue to stay solid on defense, they're going to be a team that we have to talk about at the end. Way, way early here. We're not being held to this. Steelers or Bengals, who you like? I'm going to go to Steelers over the Bengals. I think the Hugh Jackson subtraction is huge for the Bengals. He did such a good job with Andy Dalton and kind of masking him and putting him in an offense that played to his strengths. They're going to miss that. And I think the Steelers are so explosive on offense that they, they're going to throw the ball over the yard and score a ton of points. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's old habits die hard. I just I'm in on the Steelers there. All right, let's go uh, AFC South. The hype team, there's a couple of them because Houston, with, with what they've done in the offseason, getting Osweiler – uh, but to me, I think even more so than them, the Jags have been. Everyone, kind of everyone is buying team. on the Jaguars, and I'm holding off on buying in because so many young guys, so many moving parts on the defense. I don't know if you can remake a defense that quickly and go from being one of the worst defenses to a middle of the pack or a great defense. Um, you depend on a lot of young guys, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Dante Fowler coming in off the injury, Miles Jack, whatever role With his he has. health is a question. Can they be good enough? And then on offense. <clears throat> you're still worrying about Blake Bortles. Yeah. Can he get it done? Well, the whole thing with Blake Bortles, the the you know, the the stats are out there. You can find them. You can look them up about a lot of the, the yards and, and touchdowns coming. Oh, chasing, the, the garbage points. The garbage and yards in the fourth quarter. There you go. Garbage yards. So there's there's that criticism. Now, my thing is people talk about, oh, statistically, what can we expect from these guys? And really, if you're the Jags, you're almost hoping that the offensive numbers kind of come down a little bit because you're not having to spend that time chasing points because your defense is keeping you in the game and you can be a little bit more conservative, protect the football, and, and win some closer football games here. So to me, as much as everybody talks about the, the improved defense and they say, oh, this improved defense is going to take this offense to another level. No, no. I think this improved defense is going to take some of the pressure off of that offense and they won't have to try and do all that. Well, hopefully um, with the offense, they can kind of play situational football, complementary football, as we say uh chris ivy comes over got a couple backs maybe they can grind it he and yelled yeldon they can do it they can be a little more conservative on offense in terms of how they pass and blake borders has to take care of the ball what i worry about with him are the turnovers and forcing the defense to get back on the field if he can play still push the envelope but still kind of scale it back more like a game manager i think they can be fine that defense has to play up. It's not a lot of pressure on them to get that defense right. So, Like you said, it's so many new faces and new pieces there on that defense. Might be asking a lot for them to gel just right off To the me, bat. the team to watch really is the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it's tough to go all in. I know um, Mike Malarkey takes over. He was the interim coach last year, kind of took over after they dumped Ken Wisenhunt. But I like how they've been building that team. John Robinson has done a really, really good job in the offseason, uh, acquiring talent, acquiring young players. The defense was okay last year. It was it was kind of sneaky. If they can run the ball, and that's why it will be interesting to see what DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry are able to do as a big-body tandem in the back end. If they can run the football and kind of find a way to get DGB on the field and make some plays, this could be a team that wins eight or nine games, I think, in Malarkey's first full season as a head coach. See, it's funny. When I look at this division and the team that nobody will talk about is a team that has owned this division for a decade. Last year, quarterback gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't playing well before that. We've, we've discussed that in the past. But I just think when I stack him up in that division, I like Marcus Mariota as a young developmental quarterback. Blake Bortles has, has some tools you can work with. Osweiler showed some good things. Andrew Luck, when he's healthy and right, is on another planet than those he is. quarterbacks. He is. What I worry about with the Colts, 
the support is the supporting cast good enough to yep. help Andrew Luck be what we all expect him to be? Um, T. Y. Hilton is there, good player. Uh, kind of disappeared, obviously, with the quarterback situation last year. Can they find a running game? Yeah. The running game, the lack of a running game has put so much pressure on Andrew Luck to kind of carry the offense on his own accord. They need to be able to discover a running game because the running game can mask some of the flaws and deficiencies they have on the defense side of the ball. Well, that's all I'm going to go ahead and give you, like if you're a fantasy football guy out there and you got your draft coming up, I'm going to give you my sleeper. Oh, Josh, Josh Ferguson. S- stick with Josh Ferguson, man. Josh it's going to be a late pick. Trust me, stash him away. This team with Ryan Kelly in, drafted him. Better going to help their offensive line up front in the middle. The Raven Clark's going to compete for a tackle spot. Joe Haig could play guard for him. They, they've got three young guys they can at least rotate through the mix with Kelly being a day one starter. With Kelly next to Muhor and Costanzo on that left side. I think you can run that way a little bit. And I think, you know, at some point in time, Frank Gore can't do it anymore. So Josh Ferguson, to me, undrafted rookie free agent. Just file that one away. I like that. Even fantasy. You guys fantasy little, drop a little fantasy nugget. All right, we've got one more division here. AFC West. The hype team, without question, the Oakland Raiders. Raiders, for sure. All um, the all that they did in the off season. Really I'm all in. See. I'm all in, and I'm yep. I'm all in because I believe the defense is going to be significantly better. Uh, we previously talked about how they surrounded Khalil Mack with the right pieces up front. Uh, Mario Edwards Jr., uh, Bruce Irvin coming over, Auden Smith being re-signed, and he'll come back after he serves his suspension. Khalil Mack should be a dominant player. The thing that we will want to see from him is can he completely take over the game as we talk about a J.J. Watt. We've seen the flashes, but can he do it on a week-in, week-out basis? Because if he sets the table like he's shown flashes of being able to set the table, that defense can be a top-five defense. They have to make sure that they're solid in the back end. Getting Sean Smith was a huge get from Kansas City. He's a lockdown corner on one side. Having someone emerge on the other side will be good. Will DJ Hayden eventually uh, be a guy that can contribute? And then in, in the secondary, Carl Joseph, one of your favorite players in the draft. David Anderson in. just got paid some scrap. Woo. Woo. Nice money. Nice money, huh? And then Reggie Nelson. So they have a lot of sneaky signers. And on offense, I think they've done a great job of fortifying that offensive line. They're going to be physical. Um, no matter what you think about Latavius Murray, if he can give them 1,200 yards on the ground to provide them the balance so Derek Carr can find Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, on paper, this team is ready to go. I'm going back and looking. I, I don't have my report in here, but David Amerson, I, I gave him a 61, which is like – I third, liked him. Like he, got, he got roasted round against my balls. Oh, I remember that because yeah. they took their turns. Yeah, those yeah. Did, but I, Justin Hunter. Yeah, I liked him at NC State the year before he came out. He had, he had like ten, eight or nine picks. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, crazy number of interceptions. He is a guy that is finally playing in the system that I think plays to his strengths. He can sit off. He can play. He can play vision on the quarterback. He's an ideal zone corner. He could do some things and press and all that, but. He is going to make his plays when he's able to sit and read the quarterback because that's what he was able to do at NC State. Made a ton of plays off tips and overthrows. He can do the same because the pass rush up front is going to force the ball to come out quick. It may force it to come out errant. He can he can snag those those interceptions off those plays. The two key players on this defense, all that they've added and all that, I get it. But to me, touch on Mario Edwards Jr. staying healthy. Yeah. The impact he'll have with Khalil Mack and everybody else up front, he's huge. And then you touch on Carl Joseph, the rookie. If they, get some, if they can get some playmaking out of him at that spot, which he did now when he was healthy at West Virginia, flying all over How quickly the field. will he be able to get into the lineup? But what can he do? But Those even two guys. without him, Reggie Nelson being in the middle of the field, it, it kind of flew under the radar that signing. He'll give them that leadership. He'll also give them some playmaking right down the middle. Yeah, he'll smack you, too, if you come across the middle. Not afraid to do that. All right, Buck. That was a, that was a fun get-back-together episode here. Trust me, this is going to be – 
a more regular podcast here. We've had our break. Now it's it's jump back in time. And congrats, so. Buck, on uh, the opening. Uh, oh, yeah, you, got, you won again. He won. Is this the second year in a row? Not the second year in a row. Um, we've been to the championship three times in the last four years. We've won two of those. Uh, we're back. But let me tell you, man. Like, Bama, funny. he won with basically the future of Bama and OU, right? I mean, you have Bama to, and OU. So what we did, which was <laughs> which yeah, school, Najee Harris. I did have Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Had, well, we also had a hopefully, running back in the hopefully, hopefully at Cam future Akers, ball Cam Akers. At Cam hopefully. Akers. Then at, <laughs> then at wide receiver, man, we had some dudes. Uh, Terrell Shavers, who is a big-time right. dude, who was kind of like a – Julio Where's he Jones, going? Alabama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerry Judy, who was outstanding. He's yeah. uncommitted. He's coming from Florida. There's a lot of conversation about him. Has some little guys that could catch at a guy. Uh, Grant Calcaterra, who's from Southern California, Santa Margarita, was playing tight end. He was good. On defense, we had crazy dudes. Von, Von Darius Cowan, who's going to Alabama. Um, just dudes. And it's funny how that thing is, like just watching a lot of these guys that you hear about Hunter Johnson, quarterback that's going to Clemson, is a stud. Really? He is legit. Is Some he a baseball guy, too, or am I just making that I, up? I mean, I just know he's a great athlete. He might be, and he's player. recruiting a lot of guys at Clemson, too. Yeah, like Clemson. He's, Clemson, he's, Clemson he's, he's a guy that people Clemson rally around. It. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny to watch. It's scary to watch because they're like five or six teams that are getting all the dudes. Yeah, they're all going to the same and, spots. And well, here, you just don't know. Here, This is our last, my last recruiting question for you here, then we'll wrap this thing up. I was thinking about this the other day with what Dabo has done there at Clemson, and I was trying to think around the country – who could kind of be the next Dabo? Everybody's looking for the next. The next Saban ain't coming around. He's mm-hmm. a unicorn. Who could be the next Dabo? And I, you know who came to my mind? Who? Clay Helton. He could. Because nice- Dabo was on the staff and kind of, okay, is this too big for him? I don't know. The players love him, and he's got this great personality. They like him. He's trying, and he's trying to bring back when SC has always been good. It's been because they're able to blend smash mouth with dynamic stuff on offense, and then the defense is always really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think he wants to get back to that formula. He he's talked about like he's eliminated some of the the music, some of the stuff that used to go on before. They're a little more business like. They're really physical in how they approach the practices. The problem is, the first time we see them, I know it's Alabama. Is they're rolling out against Roll Tide? Yeah. By the way, did you, I I just did my evaluation on Dory Jackson from SC, and then uh, we had there was a little quote and article. I had yeah, you said that might be the best athlete in the country. Well, yeah. So yeah. by the way, I got blowback on that. People were like, how can you say? He's, I'm like, uh, because the guy won the long jump in back twelve two years in a row <laughs> because he's the Olympics. Real. He's a really, he's a really good player. <laughs> yeah, but um, anyways, he had said at that Pac-12 media day that he wanted Calvin Ridley. Give me Calvin Ridley. I want I want to go one on one with him. So I oh. when I when I evaluated him, I said, well. He's got to clean some stuff up because when he went one-on-one with Will Fuller, no No, you know, like the, the funny thing, but, there's certain guys at corner that are, are cover guys and there are other guys that are playmakers. Yeah. I think he's more of a playmaker, meaning he's going to give up some plays, but you have to hang in there him with up. him because yeah. he's going to make enough plays to do it. But how about this? Like I, I, I think I Instagrammed and tweeted out a picture where I had, like beside me, it was Jalen Tabor, Jamal Adams, whew, Adoree Jackson, Desmond King, and then Jordan Lewis, who was from yeah, yeah. Michigan. We were all in a room together. We we had dinner together, whatever. And I was like, "How that's about that dudes. secondary? Yeah, that's a lot. How about dudes. just trotting those guys out?" And oh, by the way, in the in, on the other side of the room, you had Leonard Fournette and OJ Howard and some other guys. But I got that secondary. Like, it's fun and it's fun to read your first look, your scout reports. If you aren't reading those, you got to check those out on dot com CFB two four seven. Like, those things are nice because I'm actually able to talk to those guys about it. And they want to know, well, what, what do you to think? work on? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think I need to work on? How should I approach the year? 
what is that stuff? And, like, the thing that I can say about all those guys, all those guys, like, you really like nice guys. Mm -hmm. And nice guys who can play, they really get the the, the double stars (laughs) in your thing. So having nice guys, guys that are smart, guys that are humble enough to take the coaching and take the criticism, you like that. And so I'm excited to see all those guys. The guy who surprised me, how small he was, Christian McCaffrey. He looked little. He's just smaller he's, than I yeah, thought. Yeah. But maybe he's shot he's told a big me he was like playmaker. 10, like 210 pounds. He might be. He's a small 210. Yeah. He's not. But you remember how Reggie Bush kind of yeah. um, puffed up to be? I think that is a very nice comparison in terms of size-wise. I think at our level, he is, um, and I'm going to say this in the finest way, he is um, an extension of what Danny Woodhead can be in terms of he can come in there. He can do a bunch of different things. He can give you a lot of different production, but I don't think he's going to be your every down guy. Uh, maybe what Reggie Bush has been in the league, yeah. not what he was in college. Maybe he fits that role. He could be a guy that could easily catch 85 to 90 balls out the backfield, maybe 10 to 12 carries. I just don't know if you want to strap it on him and put a 25-carry workload on him. I haven't played video games in a long time, but when I used to play video games, Buck, you could, like, build a player, right? <laughs> so you only, you only get, like, a certain percentage of points. So it's like, okay, you're going through, okay, I want to give him, uh, okay, a certain percentage on, you know, athletic ability, a certain percentage on size. Like, you can't just have him yeah. all the way across the board. Yes. I'm sure this is what they do in Madden. I don't play Madden. But, like, with McCaffrey, to me, that's what he is. He doesn't max out any of the categories. Yep. But you can get him, you take your, your 20 touches, and you say, okay, he's gonna get, we're going to give him 20 touches. We're going to give him. 10 carries, we're going to throw him four balls, we're going to let him return three kickoffs, and he's going to return four punts. That's our touches. He's going to, And out of those 20 touches, he's going to be a very impactful player. Maybe he's it's Darren not Sproles. just going to maybe. be all of one and none of the other. And maybe Darren Sproles is a, be- a better yeah. comparison in terms of not the size-wise, but in terms of how Darren the role. Sproles has been used. Like I think you have to have a very clear plan for what he's going to be, and you need to have another running back in the fold that can do some of the dirty work that allows him to be the special playmaker that he is. Yeah, he's not going to move the pile. He's not going to lower his shoulder to do that. He's going to kind of step through some tackles. But he's a fun player to watch. And Stanford, I think they have a, they have Kansas State, I think, week one. They so. have some nice games. It's and a great college, they, college, they college season. I hope we get able to get out and see some of those up close. Yeah, and on the podcast here, we'll continue to talk about the NFL. We'll mix in our college stuff. We'll talk about the draft well in advance. As yeah, we're going to have to do this again, fellas. I know. Hey, I know. It's, we're, it's back. Been, it's, we're back. Next we're back. Week, next, next week, week we'll we're back. We're back rolling. The season's here. You're back I love next it. week, right, Buck? Yeah, I can do it after Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. no doubt. Okay, we'll be back, All right, fellas. All right, so let's wrap this thing up. Give me some music here. DJ and Bucky back on Move the Six. Thanks for checking us out. Download us on iTunes. See you later. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.